There is always more than meets the eye when it comes to headlines in the national media. Discover how this mum took three years to learn about cybersecurity in order to save her brand and clear her name. This determined tech company founder shares how events tough enough to crush any startup actually fueled her own Erin Brockovich story. Years later, she was invited to speak as a worldwide expert for the very thing she was once attacked about. Join us as Colleen Wong, creator of My Gator Watch, shares what happened and what helped her to keep going and ultimately bounce back. Welcome to the Empower podcast for mums in business. We are women building a business we love while making a home for the ones we love more than anything. I'm your host, Nicola Hewlin. Join me as I talk to seemingly ordinary women just like me and you as they share their extraordinary stories and inspirational advice to bounce back even stronger from challenging times and thrive in business, motherhood and life. So I'm delighted to welcome to today's episode, Colleen Wong. Hi, Colleen. Hi, Nicola. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. And it's so good to see you. It's been a little while. Um, for the, um, just to let our audience in, for those who may not know, um, you were at the Empower Awards last year, which is when I think I last saw you in person, because right. you picked up two awards, didn't you? And, and one of them in a rather surprising way. <laughs> a very memorable moment, for sure. And I can't believe it's already been a year. But no, it was one of the most amazing, amazing um, events. Uh, well, for you, sure, for you, are an, you are an amazing woman. And um, you picked up a category award. And then you had to leave to go and get your train. And the very final award is our Empower Woman of the Year, like the overall winner from across all the categories. And that was you. And uh, your friend phoned you and you came dashing back. You changed out of your dress. And, and um, I just... That was such a special moment that I will remember forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Me too. <laughs> so I feel, you know, I feel so honored to have you um, on, our, on our podcast series. You have an incredible story. Thank you so much for giving up time. And I know you have your children with you today. I know time is precious. We're all juggling so much. I'll, I'll hand straight over. Please share with our audience, what's your story of bouncing back that you'd like to share with our audience today? Sure. Um, well, I think, you know, COVID is, is going to be, you know, what I'm going to be talking about because it has been a difficult time for us, um, you know, for my, my team and myself. And I'm sure a lot of us who have small businesses have been affected in one way or another. And so, um, yeah. And, and now, you know, um, as the lockdown eases, you know, we're starting to see things come back. And so this is going to be the bounce back that I think, you know, will define um, our business for a long, long time. So as you know, you know, my product is a wearable mobile phone for children. So something that allows for children to be outdoors and to be a little bit more independent. So of course, with the lockdown, with kids staying at home, not going to school, there was no need for the product, you know, um, on the larger sense. And so, when the lockdown happened in March, we had parents, you know, come and 
cancel their monthly subscriptions and say, well, we're not going out anymore. And so, um, you know, we just thought, you know, what are we going to do? And I remember I had read a book, you know, long time ago that said, you know, no matter what happens, try and keep your customer, do something different, but don't ever let them get away from you. And so we did something called a hibernation rate. Mm. And we implemented it, you know, after a few cancellations had come in and we said, okay, we're going to have our prices, you know, for anyone who wishes to cancel because of only of COVID. And um, let's see what they say. And to our surprise, you know, about 70, 80% said yes. Brilliant. Yeah. And so we had told them, we're like, we're a small business, you know, we need to stay afloat after this. So help us as well. And um, people did. And it was just to our amazement. Yeah. Everyone was just like, of course, we'll help. And, you know, for, for a cheaper price, you know, they kind of knew that we were trying our best, you know, they were paying something that would be justified, you know, if their kids were just, you know, out in a park, let's say, you know, of course we could still go to a park then, um, they could at least call them if they're slightly further away. So it wasn't that it was sitting in a box and not being used. And so, um, yeah, thankfully that worked. And so we kept a lot of customers on board and then we started cutting costs. I mean, as with every small business, it's all about cost cutting at that point. So I spent about six weeks calling all the suppliers I had asking for payment holidays, you know, asking for payment breaks, deferrals, anything that I could ask for. And um, again, most large companies were very, very cooperative and, you know, the likes of Slack, um, even Dropbox, um, our customer service platforms, everyone said no problem you know, payment holidays. And um, for me, that was a huge exercise. And especially with, you know, furloughing staff. And as you mentioned before, my entire team, you know, I love them. They've been with me since the beginning, you know, and to ask them not to be a part of this team for a while is absolutely heartbreaking. Mm. And so for me, that cost cutting part was the hardest, you know, and just to say, look, it's not that you're not coming back. We just, we just have to cut costs so that you can come back. So there is a company you can come back to. Everyone understood. Everyone was, you know, of course, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll furlough and we'll be here as and when you need it. So it was amazing. Because you've a big team, haven't you? How many have you got? Well, we had, a, we had about 13 before the lockdown. And so now we are, you know, just bare minimum. You know, we have five now. And even the five on board had taken some cut of some sort. Mm. Yeah. And so now... As you know, as some of the years, um, you know, for the kids, you know, one and six have gone back, we're slowly starting to see customers come back as well. It's very slow and we don't predict any kind of, you know, massive rush back until at least 2021. You know, we're very cautious with our forecasting and we'd rather just beat expectations at the moment. Mm. Yeah. How wonderful that it's coming back, that you can feel things are, you're still afloat. And it's still coming. afloat. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. We've survived it. You know, our runway now because of the cost cutting um, is, is going to be well into next year. So I love how you mentioned that book that you read all that time ago that gave you that, that inspiration to search for, get creative and come up with a hibernation rate. I mean, looking back through like your entire journey that, that led up to before, before COVID. Have there been any other kind of 
events or bounce back challenges in the past that you feel have some way helped you to cope and be resilient and, and get through this, this COVID period? Yes, definitely. Um, in my second year of business, and I, I, I've written about this before and spoke about it, so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if um, the Empower Network is aware, but it, the second year that I started the business, my business got hacked by a government body. Wow. And so um, it was all over, you know, national news. And it was something that I didn't understand. And I, I just, I still remember when I heard from BBC, you know, they called me on the phone and said, look, we're going to be publishing this article tomorrow, which I had no idea about at all. And um, what, what are your thoughts? You know, do you have any comments? I had back then I had no PR experience. I didn't even have a PR team. I had no legal team and I froze. I just didn't know what to do, you know? And um, I just remember I was crying for just, it was just like nonstop. I would just sit at my desk and I would have tears because I just did not know how to cope with this. You know, I've never been hacked before and then much less by a government. And so what I realized now this time with COVID is a completely different challenge, but a, a challenge just the same. But I know this time I knew exactly what to do. You know, there was no fear. I just had a much better kind of understanding of who to contact, what information to ask for. And I just wasn't scared. Well, what an incredible experience to, to go through. And I'm pretty sure, you know, most of our audience won't have, have known about that, that really difficult experience in your second year of business. I mean, how... How did you bounce back from that at, at the time? And I'm intrigued. How come it was a government body? I mean, I'm, I'm asking myself the question. I'm, I'm sure others might, might be asking themselves as well. And how did you? <laughs> I asked myself that question, you know, for years. Um, and I actually, you know, it, it wasn't the government body. It was just the person who worked for this government body. Right. Who wanted to be in the media. No way. Yeah, yeah. And so how I bounced back was I learned everything about cybersecurity. I had known very little before. I, I did some research, but nowhere near enough. So I spent three years um, meeting people in the cybersecurity space, learning about it myself. I went to a annual conference um, three years, every year for th three years. And I still go now. Um, you were a speaker at one of the... Um... Uh, talking about cybersecurity, right? Quite recently, I saw you were one of their, their expert speakers. That's right. And that was a huge defining moment because after the hack in 2016, and I had collected all the information and took all my learnings and basically met so many people in the cybersecurity space that it was at that event that you're talking about where they said, you have to tell your side of the story. Wow. You know? And it was my turn to kind of, you know, yeah, kind of say what that person did was wrong. Incredible. And all those years later, so what was the time gap between it happening and you having that opportunity to go back and three years. shed three, three years. years? Yep. Yep. Because imagine like little old me in the kitchen who knows nothing about cybersecurity going up against a government official, you know, and their best mates who purely want to be in the media. And it basically just, it was such a, an awful thing. Like it was awful things that they said, but I think I didn't understand. I'm like, why is this happening? 
you know, and um, so, yeah, no, I had to, I had to learn. I had to understand why they did what they did, their motivations, you know, and understand how actually hacking works. And so, um, and there's always a lot more, you know, than meets the eye. It's not just about cybersecurity, it's anything. You know, we all know that headlines say one thing, but reality is likely another. And so what I didn't want was for people to think that I didn't care about the security of my products, which they made it out to be. And the reason why these guys had loved the product so much is because every news outlet loves a headline that involves children. Mm. And imagine children and hacking. It's like the perfect headline. Do you know, hearing that story and putting myself in your shoes, I'm, I'm thinking that would, because you said this relates to hacking, but it could, you know, it could relate to anything. It could happen in any arena that, that, kind of dynamic and challenge and that could anyone be anyone could be attacked you know, for anything yeah yeah, yeah it's essentially yeah. so that could put the fear of goodness knows what into any business owner i mean what yeah. what would you say to business owners who you know are starting out um or in the process of growing their business and they hear that story and they it could put the fear of god in them like oh my goodness you know what if what if what if looking back with what you've learned with where you are now and the, the benefit of hindsight what have you learned and what would your advice be to other people who are starting out on their journey i would say that you know no matter what you do if you're always doing the right thing don't ever let anything you know, make you question that, you know, and you don't have to know everything. So back then when I got hacked, you know, I was just like, oh my God, you know, what, what are they saying? I didn't do anything intentionally here. You know, I was doing what I knew I, you know, what I thought I knew and, you know, asked if the people who I thought knew the answers, but you know, if you're not an expert in that area, you know, you don't, ever expect yourself to know everything a hundred percent. And then if somebody attacks you for that, you know, that little bit that you don't know, don't question yourself and think, you know, what did I do? What did I do wrong? You would likely didn't do anything wrong, you know? And so I, th- I think we all have to just realize that if we've tried to do everything we can for our business, hold on to that and that hold on to that confidence and don't let anyone shake it because I was so shaken by this, this whole event with hacking. And then I realized three years later that they were wrong and I could prove it. And I was, I was like a detective for three years because I could not bear them putting me out in the media, you know, doing something that I never did. It was just, it was too upsetting for me to let it go. And it took me three years. And so I think if anyone ever says anything about you as a person or you know your failures and whatnot but you know for a fact that it's not true don't take it to heart and fight it what an incredible challenge and long challenge you know three years of being a detective before you get that opportunity to to voice your side of the story and share is there a silver lining in a chapter like that what what might it have given you um, where, where might the silver lining be in, in such a challenge? There's tons of silver linings. And for that one, because I went to all these cybersecurity events, I met my current CTO. He was one of the speakers at the event um, when I f- went the first year. And I just told him my story and he understood because the same thing happened to him. No. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
we became friends. You know, he worked for another company, another IoT company, an Internet of Things company. We became friends, you know, every time and every year something would happen and I would chat with him and, you know, he, him and I became friends. And then three years later, he said, you know, oh, you know, I'm, I'm interested in maybe looking for a new opportunity. And I said, well, why don't you join me? Fantastic. Yeah, so that, that's a huge silver, like yeah. huge silver line. Sure. But there were many others, you know, so now I'm totally equipped with anything cybersecurity wise. I've learned a lot, which I don't think I would have done if that didn't happen. So you've learned a lot in term in, in the cybersecurity area. Do you, to what degree do you feel that what you learn through that is like transferable to any, any challenge, any future challenge that might come up? Because it could be anything in the future. Yeah, no, I don't, I think it's less the knowledge itself, but just the understanding um, that, you know, I just, I don't, don't question myself so much anymore. You know, there's less tears, there are less, there's less fear. And that I've definitely brought because COVID was scary. You know, your whole business kind of flashes before your eyes. And that was the same with the hacking, right? You know, imagine turning on BBC and then it, you know, it says child's watch easily hacked. And there, that's it. Your business, it's just, you know, your business is gone or that's the feeling that you get. So it's more just like it, it does, the more challenges that you face, I think, the, um, the greater the confidence that you have. And if you do, if you see it in a certain way and learn more about it, then I think it just builds up that confidence to not let these kind of things shake you. There's always a way, there's always a way to deal with things. Love that message. I'm wondering for the people who are tuning in, who might be right in the thick of a challenge, you know, once you've been through a challenge and come out the other end and absorb you know you can see the silver linings and taken on the learnings and grown from it that's one thing sometimes when you're in the thick of a big what feels like the big first challenge you're in the eye of the storm and there's perhaps no light at the end of the tunnel we're in those tough times and challenges and let's face it in the current climate there's a lot of people going through that in unprecedented ways what would be your one piece of advice to these people who are in the thick of it right now I would say just always stick to fact, you know, you can have your cry or whatever, but never let your emotions get in the way and how you respond to people and how you deal with people and how you ask for questions and how you um, approach your kind of rebuttal or your, your, your fight back with every challenge, face it only with facts because that's the only way to win it. And I actually have another, I have another quick story yeah, to tell about do. that, another bounce back story. Um, so I had an accountant, um, you know, when I first started who, you know, I didn't have that much money, right? So I, I picked one that, you know, wasn't expensive. And so I worked with them for a few years, you know, I didn't know much about stuff. I would just kind of trust them. And I trusted them too much because what had happened was that they did not file my VAT. And so out of the blue one day, I basically had HMR, uh, HMRC, like VAT officials, come knocking on my door, demanding for payment. No way. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is this all about? You know, I don't owe any money. And I knew that, you know, I wasn't even making enough to be paying that much VAT. And so um, I went back to the accountant and I said, what have you done? You know, and... Uh, the guy said, oh, yeah, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Don't worry. And so instead of taking care of it, he left the firm that he was at. Yeah. Oh, goodness. And I spoke then to his, his managers and even went all the way to the CEO of that firm. And they are a pretty big London firm. 
And I said, you guys have made a huge mistake and you need to fix this. And you need to compensate me for all the payments that I've paid you for because you did not do your job. And they refused. They refused. Um, yep. They've refused and said, nope, it is not our responsibility. Yeah. VAT is your responsibility is what they said. So I did not take that. I'm like, nope. After, yeah, again, it was after the Norway thing. I'm like, nope, I did the right thing. So I took them to small claims court on my own without a lawyer. And two years later, I won that court case. Incredible. I won everything and then some. Incredible. What guts it takes to take, take on that you know, take on that fight. It is a fight, isn't it? You know, I'm thinking of the, the whole, the David and Goliath story comes to I mind. Know, someone, a bit. someone said that as well, but you know what? It was like, it's the Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. Know, yeah. For sure. If you watch that movie, you'd get so inspired by her and you just can't give up on it. Had you seen the Aaron Brockovich movie before this? I saw it a long, long time ago when it was first out. <laughs> But you know, I, I didn't even think about it, but I actually wrote a post on LinkedIn and I'd be happy to share it, you know, with all the Empower um, members, but I wrote an article on it. It was the most read LinkedIn post I'd ever written. Fantastic. It was, I called it my Aaron Brockovich story. I would love to read that. I'm sure our audience would too. So if you um, send me over the link, we can pop that in the show notes um, sure. because, you know, that's we can watch these Hollywood movies and um, as fantastic as they are, and even when they're based on true stories, it can seem that far removed. Um, and hearing um, stories from incredible and relatable women like yourself, I'm sure it will be a great inspiration to many who it might not be about the law and let's hope not. It might not be about, you know, going to court to battle over something, but challenges are all relative and it can feel like we're taking on a big fight with perhaps no hope against some bigger forces. So I'm sure that'd be really inspirational. Yeah, I'd be happy. To, yeah, of course, I'd be happy to share it. Incredible. Are there any more bounce back stories hidden in there? I think you have a gem of vault, a, a vault of gems, bounce back gems. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I have lots of little ones, of course, you know, you get the, you get the daily, weekly kind of bounce back. Um, but I think like the bigger bounce back stories, you know, they take years to bounce back from. And it's same with, you know, the, the hacking, which was three years, basically, when I actually feel that I've bounced back. And even with um, the accounting, you know, story, it took me two years because it just, I basically learned everything about the law over, you know, a, a period of time. I might as well have gotten a degree in that time to do that. Um, I think that's a really interesting point that you raise that obviously this is called the bounce back interview series. And we're talking about bouncing back from challenge, but we can think of bouncing back like bouncing a ball and it happens instantaneously and it happens quickly and like snapping a rubber band, you know, some quick release. It's not always like that, is it? It can take time. It can yeah. take time. What, what do you think are the key ingredients to being able to sustain that bounce, come, you know, making a comeback when it when it's going to take a longer time um that's a great point that you make because bounce backs are not fast you know they they take time and i think a lot of times you get impatient and it just it just makes people feel a bit more emotional when they don't when you know when they're still kind of in the depths of that challenge and it just takes so long to kind of dig yourself out um so yeah that's a great point in that 
you, you need a lot of patience. What for me, I just, I was able to bounce back, I think, on all these different occasions because I would meet a lot, a lot of people, tell them my story, you know, and I had people who believed in me, you know, and said, you know, this is wrong what they've done. And just by them just saying that, I didn't necessarily need their help. But just by them saying to me, look, you did the right thing. And it just keeps you going because you know, and you just kind of need to be reminded. Yeah, you know, what what people are doing is not, what these people are doing are not right. Yeah. And I love that too. That's cropped up in another interview that, you know, those those people are around who were around you, who took the time to listen to your story. And perhaps, perhaps it was just one sentence they said to you. Perhaps to them, it was just a small gesture, but we... We never fully understand the impact that our small acts of kindness or words of encouragement can have on another person's story. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's so true. And that's why for me, meeting people, you know, and reading books and reading articles and just all sorts of random stuff. Like you said, it's just something that I might've read 10 years ago might've just cropped back, like you creep back and just kind of reminded me, oh yeah. I love that you say that because when, when I was thinking about doing this bounce back interview series, obviously at the time of recording, we're in COVID, people are sharing all different bounce back stories. Most of them not related to COVID, like pre-COVID, like the ones you've just shared. And I was thinking, Okay, not everybody is going to be in the thick of a challenge, but my hope for these interviews is that as people share their stories and their top tips, words of wisdom, as you've just done, it will plant seeds so that in the future, because let's face it, life, COVID or when we're through back into the new normal, life will always throw curveballs. There'll always be obstacles and roadblocks of some sort. Success is not a straight line journey you know, we, we say it so often. So I'm hoping this will plant seeds that people can come back to and go, oh yeah, I remember Colleen's story. What an inspiration, you know, and be able to make it relatable to future challenges they might, they might go through. I totally agree about the planting seeds. Like, you know, what I would hope is that if anyone was listening to this podcast and, you know, they, let's say they did have an issue with a supplier and they did have to go to court. Let's say they have no one to turn to or the lawyers are just too expensive. Well, they can just ask me because I went through the whole thing already. And I know how generous you are with your time because I know your expertise in, um, in cybersecurity and crowdfunding is another one. You've, you've done um, a, a brilliant masterclass for our MBA, the Empower Business Accelerator Program. So when we're in the community and there are ladies going, does anybody know, you know, got ideas about crowdfunding or anybody know... Uh, you know, I've put your name, I've, I've mentioned Colleen and then other ladies see it and jump on and you're so generous. You are so generous with your time and supporting others. And, um, it really does mean a lot. So I know you don't say that flippantly because you've done it so much for, for the Empower community already. Thank you. I, I will continue to do it because I also, I myself have reached out to people and people who are busy and people who, you know, are senior within companies you know, but they have always made time. Mm, yeah. And for me, it makes a huge impact. You know? oh, it does, and I never, it? and I actually never believe in I'm too busy. You know, I can always make time yeah. and I've seen it with other people. I'm too busy. I personally think is just, you know, 
a line to say, I can't be bothered because I am busy. I have two kids. I have a business. I have a family. I have all kinds of stuff, but I can always make time. It's like, I can always make time to take them, my kids for a walk, for example. It's just. And it's so important, isn't it? We, we talk uh, or we hear here and talk a lot about paying it back. You know, we've been, people have helped us and now we want to help other people. We pay it back or paying it forward, doing the, you know, doing the good anyway, regardless, without expectation of of, um, return. And as I'm saying that, I literally just thought of, I don't know if this exists as a term, what popped into my head and pay it sideways, you know, just help our peers who are beside us um, on a very similar journey. So, you know, it does make a difference in so many ways and it's what community and networks and teams and family is all about and business to me is a bit like family same yeah yeah exactly and you know you will always when you help that person they will always remember it because I always remember who helps me Mm, you know and especially when they're at a challenging point in time you know the best thing to build that relationship and you never know who they might know and their networks and they will always come back to help you. So for me, yeah. it's always just been um, also a way of, you know, growing my network, the community, learning. And I've learned a lot from a lot of people. One guy who, who was amazing, you know, um, Rob Law, the founder of Trunky. I'm sure we all have a Trunky. <laughs> um, I wish our- I did. My, my children were already too old, but I, oh, would, right. have, I would have had a Trunky if they'd have been <laughs> born in time. <laughs> um, so imagine like, you know, he's a high flyer, you know, super busy, has an amazing multi-gazillion dollar company. And when I needed help for, um, with PR and I needed someone who has gone who had gone through a crisis before in PR someone said talk to Rob and I just thought oh god he's gonna be too busy he made time you know and so now kind of like five six years later he's out with a new book and he's promoting it I'm, I'm helping him as much as I can and what's the name of the book let's give him a plug on here oh that would be great give me oh I brought up it's called um 65 uh I need to get this right. Hang on, get this right. Um, 65 Roses and a Trunky. Defying the odds in life and business. His story is absolutely amazing. Well, that bounces back. That is him. We've given the audience a double whammy. Who knows? Maybe we can invite him onto the series now. You've planted that seed. I can ask him, yeah. That would be lovely. Um, (laughs) So you've given our audience... Your precious time today, you've helped everybody by sharing your story and you've given a double whammy of, um, you know, sharing that book and and perhaps introducing another guest to the series. Who knows? Fingers crossed. So, Colleen, thank you so much. And I'm conscious that we're coming to the end of our time together, but there's just one last thing I'd love you to do. We always like to ask our guests, and I know you have your children with you and they're probably keen to get their mum back to themselves too. They've been so, so good. Um, Would you leave our audience with what we call our bounce back invitation. So either a question you'd like to leave them with to reflect on in terms of their own uh, bounce back experiences um, or a bounce back challenge for those who might be right in the thick of it. Um, Okay. The question I would pose to um, listeners is, do you ever question if you're doing the right thing or not? Powerful question. Powerful question. And I think that this is something that I've thought about recently. And I think 
we always know if we're doing the right thing or not. And that's actually true. You know, if we do decide to do something that is wrong or, you know, um, something that we shouldn't do, we always know it. So think about that and think about your answer to that. Because if anyone ever then questions you on that, you will know that you're doing the right thing. Awesome. And you can find, you can share your thoughts, um, your answers to that question on our hashtag bounce back stronger. We'd love to hear from you, our audience, um, what comes up for you thinking about Colleen's bounce back question. Colleen, thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing your multiple incredible bounce back stories. So powerful. Thank you. Thank you, Nicola. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Empower podcast for mums in business. And thanks goes to our podcast series sponsors, Bounce Life, insurance to protect you, your business and your family. To get your free startup and business growth kickstart guide and to find out about our Empower community, go to empower.global.